Hello and welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast. This is Matt Burt, the founder of Cinnamon Network International. And I'm delighted to have as my guest today, Neil Smith from Planet Shakers Church in Melbourne, Australia. Neil, great to have you with me. Great to be with you, Matt. Good to be here opposite sides of the world in Enjoying a coldish sort of day, which is unusual for Australia, I guess. Oh, normally. well, it's, it's fresh here, but the sun is shining. So, uh, but I can picture in Melbourne. It's one of my favourite places. And uh, I look forward to being back there when all these travel restrictions have lifted. But uh, Neil, just tell, tell us a little bit about uh, Planet Shakers Church, um, for those who don't know anything about it. Sure. Well, Planet Shakers uh, Church has been going now for about 17 years started here in Melbourne. Uh, Pastor Russell and Sam Evans are the senior pastors and founders of Planet Shakers. It really was birthed out of a youth conference, Planet Shakers Music, which some people would have heard of and sung in various churches. But it, um, it and it grew, a conference that grew to 30,000 around Australia over a five-year period, a youth conference with music. And then later, Russell, about six years later, decided to start the church. And uh, now that church is in six locations in Melbourne, uh, it's central campus, um, and then uh, five, uh, you know, suburban campuses that are all connected together and represents right now about 20,000 people in here in Melbourne, Victoria. Yes, great. And what, uh, you know, every church is different shape, colour, sizes, profile. What sort of... Uh... What sort of uh, community does uh, Planet Shakers attract? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, we started out primarily because at the time we were all pretty young. I started out. (laughs) We were all young at one point, weren't we? We all started in youth work. Yeah, Yeah, great memories they are. But, but yeah, we we had, um, you know, uh, started out two probably main areas was universities, uh, particularly international students, of which just in the central city of Melbourne, if you've been here, over 100,000 students live in the, the central city area. And, wow. and, uh, and then also youth, which we really went into schools, served local high schools, and then started to run bus services that can, still runs today. And, you know, right now we have an average on a Friday over 1,000 teenagers bus in from all over the city. Uh, but, but of course, like everything, we've got older, so the church has, and uh, still primarily probably 60% of the church would be under the age of 30 and, uh, and still a very, very strong, vibrant, um, both teenage and young adult ministry, but also families now and, and, uh, and people like me who are getting that little bit more mature. <laughs> we're in the same club, my friend. I think we're going to be the same age this year. But there's no need to mention that anymore. <laughs> so uh, we have a great mutual friend in Tim Costello. In fact, it was Tim that that connected and introduced us. Um, just tell us a little bit about the influence that Tim has been on Planet Shakers over the years. Well, look, you know, we, we're a Pentecostal church, and uh, and Tim is uh, he's actually uh, one of one of the few living Australian uh, legacy. So he's been given. I think it's an OBE, and uh, he is literally um, probably seen by the media at least and by government as like the lead guy to go to in Australia when it comes to Christianity. Um, they'll go to him, and he's seen in quite a positive light. 
And of course, Tim is, uh, was also the head of World Vision here in Australia for about 10 years. And so humanitarian-wise is very much seen to be the church hands and feet in action. And if there's ever an issue relating to that, they go straight to Tim. Uh, his brother was also the treasurer in the John Howard government for many years, which is one of the most successful ever governments. So quite a notoriety of a family. But yeah. as a Pentecostal church, you know, primarily our value set was very much evangelism, 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 growth, um, encounter with God. And not that we were against in any way, but even missionally, it was about seeing lives transformed, getting saved, coming into the local church. Tim's profound impact on me personally and now on our church was, hey, there's two ways to do the gospel, one with words and uh, one in deed. And, uh, and so really has transformed us to be a church that's not either or, but both, focused yeah. on how do we reach into the community and make a statement by what we do rather than what we say. But also still every Sunday, every service we run, having an opportunity for people to respond, to become followers of Christ. Beautiful. It's great. Both and in word and action. And so, um, you know, prior to the coronavirus, you guys were running a, a pantry. Just tell us a little bit about that and the scope and scale of it. And then what's happened since? Yeah, sure. We we started out um, wanting to do some transformational work. So we do um, a, a pantry, as as we call it, the Empower Pantry, our, our charitable arms called Empower. And, uh, and really, uh, we just came across a need uh, initially with some people we're working with, particularly in flats, projects in the, in the inner city area. And we started to um, engage the church in sort of a list of key foods that they could bring and they started to do that and it was it's sort of slowly built over an eight or nine year period and um and but what we decided to do is rather than just give people a bag of food that you know we decided what well, we would set it up in such a way that at start it was just pretty much a room but it was set out like going to the supermarket it had shelves uh it had places you could actually um you know connect uh yeah it's a little bit like a supermarket that's got a coffee shop in the corner you know yeah exactly and uh and so people would come and and so we, we it built up to being about 200 people a week were starting to use that wow. and there was great we were spending uh in australian dollars cents you know upward of a thousand dollars a week to supply as well as to supplement what the people were bringing yeah um so that's what was happening prior to coronavirus yeah, and then COVID-19 hit and things uh, took a slightly different scale, I understand. Well, look, you know, one of the things that we've learned and probably one of our strengths is rather than seeing the problem, we see the opportunity. And, uh, you know, with privilege, as we have as a church, comes responsibility. And so for us, we felt, OK, here's a moment where the whole of society is saying, look at the problem. Surely, God, there's a God-given opportunity in the middle of this. And as we all know, services closing down, going online, all the things that we all had to do for church, what would that be? And suddenly it, we thought, you know, there's going to be people who fall in the gap when it comes to just food security. So maybe we should really increase what we're doing with the pantries. Yeah. And so do you and run pantries on all six of your 
campuses, your locations, or just a handful no, we, of them? We, we probably had the thought that we only ran one in the city because that was where the real need was. A lot of sure. uh, homeless people and others lived in the city. Uh, but actually, the interesting thing was we decided, come on, let's crank it up. So we spent up to uh, $50,000. And we decided to make um, one more stable location, which is decked out like a shopping centre in one of our locations. But in the others, we didn't have the right spaces. So we just created what we've called pop-ups with shelving and uh, tabletops and other things. And so that people bring their own bag and they can come and get their own food. Well, to our amazement, we set it up in one week. We Because the, uh, the Bible College, we have 400 students, we got them to erect all the shelving and all that stuff and lo and behold we went from an average of 200 people to just two weeks later over a thousand people we were servicing wow <laughs> um that's amazing and uh, and, and what sort of experience to you know seeing a thousand helping a thousand people a week do their shopping is quite something what sort of experience do they have well basically they come they register um, and when they register, they've got to register themselves and then who else they represent. So if there's two, um, you know, they've got a spouse or whatever, they register that. And then on the basis of that, we allow them to go into the pop-up shop or the stable shop and they go in and they can actually choose whatever groceries we've got. So literally we have everything from fruit and vegetables to, you know, your staples like pasta and food and those sort of things. And, yeah. and then so even cosmetics and other things, the different organisations that we work pretty hard at sourcing, uh, either gift to us or give it to us a very low price. And, yeah. and they get dignity, which is really important for us, of not just being given a bag of food, but the ability to actually walk around and choose what they feel they need, which, you know, really is so important. Yeah. And, and you know, in the middle of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, Obviously, we've got social distancing regulations in the UK. It's two meters in Australia. It's one and a half meters. How how practically do you make this work? How do you uh, keep safe? Yeah, well, well, the good thing is uh, in the city, we've got a church that seats a few thousand people. We've got um, all sorts of auxiliary rooms, and guess what? They're uh, right now all sitting empty. So we're able to <laughs> yeah. uh, use those rooms. and And in Australia, we're still allowed to have a hundred people as long as there's four square metres per room in any given room. And so we've set up two locations, moved it out of the fixed shop in the city so we could get maximum people through. But like you, we're only one and a half, but we've gone a bit further and made it two metres, put line markings all through the floor, through the buildings, and our footpath pretty much wrapped right around the building on the weekend um, with crosses on the floor so that everybody was two metres apart. And, and, yeah. and the... The genius of this, which isn't our genius, it's God's genius, is that this works in a coronavirus environment. Everybody's still going to the supermarket. Yeah. So suddenly it's seen as an essential service and we set it up just like every supermarket. So people get it. They go, yeah, you do go shopping and do this. And, uh, and, and it's just been an absolute winner for us. It's been amazing. Really amazing. And it sounds just like me going to my local supermarket here. I mean, people are queuing around the car park at two metre distances. Um, you go into the store and there are lines on the floor just to help you keep your two metres. And, um, you know, uh, it sounds like what you're doing is incredible. Uh, sounds just like, but it, it's for people who feel they need help. 
um, and, and, and are not managing. People are losing their jobs, losing income, losing their livelihoods. Uh, they might be on student grants. I mean, the hardship that's hitting our communities at this time is, is unprecedented. Well, and for us, look, it's an interesting thing because I'd said that our church is young, but a, a lot of charities are manned by older people. And because the virus is so, you know, they're the most susceptible in society, a lot of our charities or have had dramas uh, raising volunteers where it's, it's really helped us. And from a church point of view, probably the biggest winner is everything we do is focused on, you know, the church is one of the few organisations that doesn't exist for itself. But when we all get locked in a house, suddenly we've lost that sense of what's our purpose. This has given people a purpose outside of showing up to church on Sunday, volunteering yeah. in those, which has been good. Yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, um, Neil, as, as other pastors around the world listen to this, um, and they're thinking, oh, well, Planet Shapers is a massive church, I mean, for the way you described it. Um, uh, but but actually churches of 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 all sizes – um, can could run a pantry. Um, what what three tips, three bits of advice would you give another pastor listening to this? You know, they may be leading a church of fifty people, hundred people, five hundred people. What what advice would you give them? Well, look at the end of the day, however big or small your church is, and uh, and mark my words, I work with a lot of churches, and the majority of churches aren't mega churches like ours. But I don't think that this organize this this type of event uh, leaves you out. In fact, it positions you better because, in a way, if you've got fifty to hundred people, you can communicate to all of them, like we do. Hey, why don't you spend an extra, you know, five ten percent this week on shopping? Drop it at the the church in our case, or at the centre, the relief centre, and. Uh, and that gives all those people a sense of, okay, I'm not just aimlessly getting up each day, sitting at home and occasionally getting out to the shop. I'm able to get yeah. out something that I feel like has an effect on somebody else. So one, that includes all those people in the church, whether it's 50, 100, 500, to actually have a sense of, wow, the church in action, even in a difficult time. The second thing is for those that want to volunteer, um, it, it, it gives them that sense of, uh, a connection point which is so drastically missing under this lockdown type environment and of course we have to put all the measures in place all the uh, hand sanitizers, which is hard to get and gloves and masks and all sorts of things that maybe are a little bit different to normal the third thing is I think it positions the church and let's face it the church uh, if we take a country like yours uh, originally it was built like a, you know, a cathedral in the middle of town with a steeple. And, yeah. and it was built with the intention, I've got a builder's background, that the steeple was the highest point in the city. So wherever you were, you knew where the centre of town was. And churches change. We, we don't live in an environment like that anymore. But, but uh, this is a moment for us to be central to community again. This is a need that you know, food security is something that desperately each and every one of us needs. And suddenly the church, where maybe in some uh, forums today is being criticised for what it doesn't do, this is a moment where we can reposition ourselves uh, in, in the community. And maybe this will uh, start something that will go on way beyond the virus and uh, be a reconnection point back to our communities. 
Yeah, um, certainly from uh, our perspective, the, we see that the coronavirus is 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 causing the church to be more connected at grassroots than it has um, any time, and and also is driving the church to be innovative and creative uh, and finding new ways to do mission um, in the midst of all the guidance and regulations we're living under. So these are unprecedented times but also unprecedented opportunities for us neil and i'm so so inspired by what you guys are doing at planet shakers church in melbourne australia and um i hope as leaders around the world listen to this podcast that they'll be inspired too that word and action go side by side and perhaps running a food pantry food bank uh type uh initiative for people impacted by the coronavirus at this time would be just one of the ways that they could fulfill uh, their mission to the world. And Neil, as we wrap up, uh, any last uh, message, last words, last encouragement that you'd like to give our listeners today? Yeah, look, I'll just say this, you know, uh, there's a lot in the Bible and uh, particularly in, you know, some of the, uh, the books towards the end of the Old Testament, you know, that really that if you summarise what they're trying to say there, they're creating a prophetic picture of, of restoration, of that there will come a day where the, the, you know, that the Jewish people will be restored back to Israel is primarily the theme. But really, this is a moment, I think, for the church to be restored back into centre of culture. And really, that word restore starts with re, and re means stripped back. So actually what's happening is we're being stripped back to what's simple, what's, you know, feeding people is really just a basic, you know, human element. And whether it's a pantry, it's a few bags of food, engaging your people to take some food to the older person in the community that can't get out. It's just a moment for us to be stripped back, don't have all the bells and whistles, but wow, we have the opportunity to do what we've always done humanity and show them Christ in action. And that's what I believe we're doing. Don't get caught on we're a mega church and it's easy for Remember that it's just about human touch and connection. So I inspire you, I stir you. I appreciate the fact that I've had this opportunity to speak to you, but I'm just another church pastor uh, listening to the voice of God and putting some, some of our faith into action. Beautiful, Neil. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to this pandemic being passed and being back in Australia's food capital, Melbourne, and, uh, and meeting you over a meal. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Goodbye for now. Appreciate it. Bye.